sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Play it. The Cubs win the World Series. You are locked on Cubs. Your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. But we didn't come here to drink beer. We came here to win this ball game. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I said to the Uber boy, I said, take me out with the crowd. What's going on, Cubs fans? You are listening to Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Sean Sears, and on today's episode, we have another Division Day crossover. This will be our last official live crossover here. There is one more show with Ethan Smith, our Locked On Pirates host, that I recorded last week with him but haven't posted yet. I'll probably put that up tomorrow. Um, I know I keep saying I'll put it up tomorrow, but today's obviously Division Day. Yesterday, we had a decent amount to talk about with uh, extensions or whatnot. I wanted to get that out there. Um, Today, we're talking with Jeff, and we're focusing heavily on the Cincinnati Reds. We talk a lot about how there's some similarities between the Reds and the Cubs, more so than maybe some other teams in this division right now, just because the Reds and the Cubs kind of both went for it last year. They they were kind of teeter-tottering between maybe not going for it, maybe kind of taking a step back. The Reds decided to kind of go all in, and they just picked, unfortunately, the wrong season to really do that. Go all in with Nick Castellanos. They had a great rotation of featuring Trevor Bauer, Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, whose name I forgot for a second on this podcast. I kept saying Luis Castillo was a second baseman for the Marlins. He's not the pitcher for the Reds, and he is. It's both. It's They're both their names. But um, <laughs> we talk a lot about the Reds and the Cubs, the similarities between the two. And we also talk a little about what Jeff sees out of the Cubs this year, what he's expecting from the Reds this year, maybe some names. Jeff's been very high on Nick Senzel. He's saying this is kind of the year he hopes that Senzel, if he stays healthy, can get an opportunity to really kind of turn into this franchise face they've been waiting for him to be. Um, He's going to get an opportunity with Shogo Akiyama out for probably the first month of the season. So Senzel doesn't really have anyone blocking him in center field or shortstop for that matter. So, um, Senzel's got an opportunity, and that's awesome. So we talk about all of that and more with Jeff Carr, who is one of the best hosts on the network, I'll be honest. A friend and a good buddy of mine. I like talking with Jeff quite a bit. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Carr. Jeff with two Fs. Carr with two R's. And, of course, he is the host of the Locked on Reds podcast. You can find that on Twitter at Locked on Reds. Today's episode, though, is brought to you in part by Locker Room. Locker Room is this actually a very cool new app that uh, has been working with Lockdown here to basically do live audio podcasts. Um, Locker Room is the first social media audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite team or sports. Um, I plan on hosting one of these locker rooms at some point. I don't know what date that'll be eventually. I have to get affiliated with or familiar with this app a little bit, but very cool. Jeff Carr was actually on one right before he jumped on with me here for our podcast yesterday, and uh, it was just really cool. It's an awesome idea. It's very similar to like a hot mic to some extent, but it's really just kind of like in-person, live, and the moment conversations with people like myself who you know obviously i talk about the cubs all day and (laughs) record about them at least try to do five days a week um you know it's all i'm talking about a little bit it gives you an opportunity to have a conversation with someone like me maybe if i bring on someone like russell dorsey or tony and along with us that'd be pretty fun so 
there's a cool bunch of cool options here, but go download the free locker room app now. It's currently on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, join any of the NFL, MLB, NHL groups so the latest league updates. You can find a ton of incredible rooms down there about your favorite teams, leagues. It's super fun, and I can't wait to get it more involved with Lockdown Cubs here, but it's going to be cool. But Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. So without further ado, here is our crossover Division Day episode with Jeff Carr of the Lockdown Reds podcast. What's up, Cubs fans? We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is an amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Uh, <laughs> crazy stuff going on. Uh, basically, Built Bar is running a March Madness tournament with their bars. So head to BuiltBar.com or excuse me, yeah, head to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN15 to get yourself 50% off your next order, but also head to BuiltBar.com or go to Built underscore bar, bar underscore build, excuse me, on Twitter to check out the uh, the bracket. It's been going on for a couple weeks now. Um, <laughs> just really cool stuff. Uh, awesome marketing from Built Bar and also awesome opportunity for you guys to get some of their newer bars. I just got sent a new box of bars and as well as like they actually had like protein powder, pre, pre-workout stuff. Really cool. They've just got a lot of different products that I honestly wasn't familiar with until I got a care package for it. But head to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get yourself 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and see who is and what is the best tasting protein bar out there. All righty, for today's Locked On Reds and for today's Locked On Cubs because today is Division Day here on the Locked On Reds and Locked On Cubs podcast. I have with me Sean Sears. He is here to talk all things Cubs. And before we even get started, because Sean, our two teams have very similar uh, storylines this year. So before <laughs> we get going, I think, yeah, we just need to get that. We just yeah. need a little bit of something, need some help uh, tonight with the podcast. But uh, first of all, Sean. How's things going up in our windy city? Yeah, not too bad. Can't complain. We've got a we got a baseball team. I uh, was nervous we wouldn't have one of those, um, but we got them. Um, it's uh, you know, it's it's that time of year again where everyone's in their best shape of their life and yeah. pitchers are throwing the best they ever have, all that fun stuff. But I'm uh, I'm just excited to have something to watch on TV, man. That's really all I'm <laughs> something to look forward to. I'm with you. I'm a little jealous because for whatever reason, the Reds just decided to only televise like four games this spring. So any other Ugh. games that have been televised outside of that have just been MLB Network picking up the visiting team's coverage. There's been a couple tape delays. In fact, I, I know that the Reds-Cubs game from Sunday was on a tape delay uh, midnight Eastern time on uh, Monday morning. So it's it's been one of those things that I'm just I'm doing a lot of listening and every so often, like, I'll make a comment on Twitter, like, oh, man, so-and-so is doing really well. And somebody will respond, like, how can you tell? We're not even watching this. And I'm like, well, the tone of voice of an announcer and <laughs> stuff. I don't know. Like, I picture it in my mind, but he's got a point. Right. <laughs> what can you do? The crack of the bat, that'll tell you sometimes. Pop it of the mitts. Who knows? But. Yeah, it's uh, we, I, I've uh, the Marquee Network has like covered some of the Cubs games uh, for spring training this year, but they um, they just dramatically like cut down what 
networks carry marquee now. So I, I have Hulu for broadcast. So I don't have that anymore. I don't have the marquee network. So I've been, I've been bumming broadcasts off the MLB network or the at bad app and going from there. Um, and I've, I've listened to, I think I listened to the Mariners broadcast of the Cubs Mariners game earlier this year. And, uh, that was, that was eye opening. Some interesting things I learned. Julio Rodriguez seems like he's going to be a stud for the Mariners. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to finally, uh, get some baseball and be able to watch it on my television. It'll be, uh, it'll be nice to have, but, um, I know we were kind of talking about this before we jumped on the show. You kind of posed the idea, both the Cubs and the Reds very much going in the same direction in, in the sense that like two teams that are, they're, they're going to give it a go in 2021, but what, what exactly that means is, is still kind of up for um, discussion, I guess. I know you've got the Reds who were missing, obviously Trevor Bauer not being a part of this rotation is a bummer. You still have Sonny Gray, you still have, uh, right, uh, gosh, uh, oh my God, how am I forgetting? Castillo, Castillo, what is his yeah. first name? That's why I wanted to say it, but I was like, I was like, that's the second baseman for the Marlins. Um, but same, uh, <laughs> same, same, but not. Um, but yeah, Luis Castillo, obviously two really strong arms. Tyler Malley was a good, was a good piece, and looked like he finally turned into the guy I think they were expecting him to. Yeah. But you're looking at this Reds team, I guess where is this team's strength? What's uh, what's going to be carrying them through? If this team's win in the division, what's what's uh, what's it taking? Oh man, that's the thing. Like I, I perceive some strengths in a couple of different areas. The interesting part is they've all got caveats. The top of the rotation is definitely a strength. That's so long as Sonny Gray can be healthy. He's got some back issues right now. And in every interview that he's given, because he was shut down for about five days, he's back to throwing, he's throwing off a mound. So he's, he's looking okay. But so far as his start to the season, it's probably going to be pushed back a week or two. In the interviews that he gave regarding that injury, he kept saying things. He, like, stopped himself short of saying, yeah, it's something I've been dealing with for a while. And he didn't say that, but he was saying things like, you know, working on something that we've uh, been having and things and that. And I'm like, okay, is this a recurring thing? And it's a back issue, so it's not like it's a snap and then it's gone. So we're a little bit worried about that. So the top of the rotation could be a strength. It could also be non-existent. The lineup has shown a propensity to score runs here recently in spring games. What that means for regular season hopefully is good, but it is an area that absolutely has to rebound from last season. They had a 212 batting average as a team. Last year, and I know batting averages and everything, and their OPS was actually in the top 10 in the National League, but at the same token, they only scored barely over four runs a game. I think it was like 4.05 runs per game. That's just not going to get the job done in, you know, nine out of 10 games. So they've got to figure out how to bounce back there. So a lot of the strengths are sort of uh, complicated, strings attached, sort of thing. Then you put on top of it the fielding might be average at best. And that's even with the Reds finally deciding that the best shortstop on their roster was actually playing third base, and he just decided to lose 15 pounds this offseason, and that's a Eugenio Suarez. Moving him there, moving Moose to third, at least gets a little bit of a better feeling, and you can get Jonathan India some work at second base. But you still got a lot of guys out there that are question marks. Nicholas Castellanos is okay at right field but he he really hasn't shown the ability like you're not you're definitely not throwing any gold glove votes at him you're probably not throwing any gold glove votes at Joey Votto even though he was talking about in an interview the other day which thankfully he's back from COVID he's good to go 
but he was talking about, he's just like, yeah, last year there were a couple of times I looked over at Moose and I was just like, dude, I'm a good fielder. I swear. And he's, it's like, yeah, he's kind of in the point in his career where, you know, if there was a DH, which let's not go down that rabbit hole, but if there was a DH, he'd probably be a strong candidate to play there a lot. So with all of that being said, as many strengths as the Reds have, there's also weaknesses, which is what makes this team so interesting. I think they're going to be so much fun to watch this year, but I think at some points they're also going to be kind of frustrating too. And Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, real time updates on odds, props, and almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place for all your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% off on a welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. To be honest with you, that's why I love that's why I love this division day crossover with you because there's so many commonalities with our team. Like Theo Epstein retired last offseason, and maybe he saw what was coming down the road, and that's why he retired. And Dick Williams retired. Last offseason, and I think nobody is nobody is discounting the possibility that Bob Castellini told him, like, hey, we're going to be cutting back on the payroll next year. Are you with us? And he's like, nah, but nah. I've been putting this thing together for a couple of years. So where are the Cubs sitting right now? Because obviously I know the middle of the lineup is a strength for them, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, very similar type of ideas. Like a lot of their strengths come with these caveats, whereas, uh, you know, it, it it could be something awesome. Like I look at their outfield and see Jack Peterson in left, Ian Happ in center, Jason Hayward in right. And I think at the very least, that's probably a, a, a decent defensive outfield. But offensively, there's there's a high potential. But is Jack Peterson an everyday player? David Ross is going to give him a shot, but I would assume that he probably turns into some type of platoon player against right-handed hitters and sits against lefties like he has throughout his career. Um, you look at like the offensively, there's a lot of big bats like we're obviously we're hoping for bounce back years from a Chris Bryan and Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez at a rough 2020 Wilson Contreras still, he looks like one of the most talented catchers out there. He was hitting like one towards the end of last season. Hopefully that rolls over some more here, but you look at the rest of the lineup, you, you, you have to like kind of pick him, choose who you're thinking and who who you think is going to be that guy that makes that difference because it's the same type of lineup you're hoping for some positive movement and really just better play guys returning to career norms on the offensive end um but guys like nico horner jack peterson are are really what could potentially make this lineup look a little bit different than it was last year just because they bring you a different type of hitter profile than you've had from some of these other guys. But I, I think the biggest question is whether or not the Cubs have pitching. Um, you know, Kyle Hendricks is going to give you what he always has. He's been pretty consistent these last couple of years. Uh, Zach Davies was a nice pickup with the Padres. I like him in the lineup or in the rotation. But the rest of those options, there's a definite question marks with everyone, starting with Jake Arrieta, who's 35 and uh, kind of was hitting 90 miles an hour this last uh, start. So that's like encouraging, I guess. Um, but you just don't know really what you're getting out of Jake. And even just looking at his numbers in Philly after he left, like he was obviously nowhere near the guy he was in Chicago prior in 2015 and 16. But um, he's still a, a solid guy who knows how to pitch to contact. And I think the big asset the Cubs have right now is defensively, this is probably their best lineup they've put together in a long time, especially when you consider Nico Horner at second base. Jack Peterson in left field gives you a little bit more than what uh, uh, 
Kyle Schwarber was presenting you there. And then obviously Hayward and, and Happ in center and, and right, that's pretty solid. And you look at what you've got in the infield with a Baez, Brian and Rizzo and Wilson Contreras, that defense is going to make a big difference, but it's whether or not you're going to be able to rely on these starters is really the question. Cause I don't think the Cubs bullpen is going to be anything special. I don't think they'll be bad. Um, but you know, Craig Kimbrell has been Jackal and Hyde and then some um, at the back end of that rotation. Pedro Strope is back who obviously had a brief moment with the Reds last year. Yeah. Who knows what you're getting out of Pedro Strope? I know when he did pitch with the Reds, it wasn't great. So, um, you know, you're just kind of hoping and praying that, you know, the Cubs offense comes back to where it has been the last couple of years and that you get some maybe surprise candidates out of guys throughout this roster. But yeah, uh, for a team that probably needed to make some big moves and the only big move they did was Jock Peterson. And that was kind of just like by chance. Um, you, you look at this team, you're like, okay, so what are we doing here? I tell you, I, I really hope that the first time that the Reds and Cubs get together, that Jed Hoyer and Nick Crawl just get to share a drink. You're like, dude, so <laughs> yeah. how do you put together a team without any money? Like, uh, what, what are your thoughts, Jed? And I don't know, yeah. Nick, what do you got? <laughs> like, I these right? guys, and I don't blame, like, I, I, I'm sure you probably are the same way. Like, I don't blame Nick Crawl at all for what the team has done. He was given a budget of negative money. And he did what he had to do. And I, I, I definitely put all the onus on ownership there. It's like, you know, we can get into money and all this other stuff, but I don't really want to. But the Reds, like, cried poor. And so Nick Crawl had to deal with that, and he had to get rid of a couple of really good bullpen arms for next to nothing. And, like, no offense to Noe Ramirez, but I'm not expecting him to be a huge contributor to this bullpen. And – the Reds even paid cash to the Angels to take Rysel Iglesias off their hands. So it's just like an incredible reliever, by the way. (laughs) So I'm I'm like, you know, okay, I guess we can squint and see this. And then they started the offseason with the stated goal of improving shortstop, and they whiffed on every single one of the big three free agents. So it's like, all right, what are we going to get here? And if the Reds are successful, if they do have a good first quarter of the season – are they even going to be players in the trade market or are they just going to be like our team is on the field because it really felt like that's what they were going to start the season with. And here we are coming into a year where I think every single one of the top four NL central teams are looking at their team and going, Hmm, but then they look at the other three teams and they're like, Oh, well, I don't know. So where do you think that the Cubs reasonably fall in this division at the end of the year. Yeah, I, um, <clears throat> I, I think that's pretty much what got the Cubs to try and spend a little more money. And, you know, obviously being able to get fans in the stands was a big deal to that, but uh, it felt like they were full on just going to be like, all right, I guess uh, Cameron Maven's going to be our left field starter. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, that, that's just what it felt like for a while. It's like, okay, I don't know who's playing left field. Um, but um, they, they, they look into Jock Peterson, they find this money. And I, I think they saw an opportunity to, to maybe go at this division. Realistically, I think the Cubs probably have a ceiling of like 85, 86 wins. Um, if they were to exceed to 90 or something like that, um, wow. Um, but I, I don't see that happening. Um, I just think the ceiling on this, especially with the pitching, it can only go so high. Um, you really are just kind of hoping for the best case scenario for the basically starters three through five. Um, so I would say they're probably the second or third best team in this division. I think the Cardinals probably did enough this offseason to at least get themselves ahead of the pack for the moment, to at least feel like they have, at least with the Nolan Arenado's trade. Um, but, I mean, 
I, I think the bigger issues were that Trevor Bauer and you Darvish aren't in this division anymore. <laughs> I think that that really makes the bigger difference because, I mean, man, it, both our teams were really riding those guys for a while, and especially the Reds were really starting to come together last year offensively. It felt like they were, I mean, they were a completely different team from first half to second half of that 60-game session. Um, so that was that was encouraging to see, but I, I'm feeling like the Cubs, I mean, best-case scenario, they're able to play the Cardinals tight and maybe win this division, but... I don't see too many playoff teams coming out of this division right now. I guess uh, where are you sitting with the Reds? Uh, definitely thinking second or third is a reasonable shot right now. It's funny because I was looking back at the uh, predictions for 1990 and just trying to see what people were saying about the Reds back then. And back then, being in the NL West, and there was only two divisions back then, they kept talking about the Padres, and they kept talking about how they got one good player in Joe Carter, and that elevated them up to the top of a division that's kind of muddled at the top. I'm like, wow, that you could almost carbon copy with the Cardinals and Nolan Arenado, and whenever Nolan Arenado came in, everybody's like, well, okay, Cardinals, far and away, top team in the Central, and you've got a group of other teams that are going to compete with them. And the Reds... And I even saw something, I think it was the Sporting News said this, they said that the Reds have fooled us uh, mostly for the last like five, ten years that we're not going to predict very highly on them. And I'm like, hey, that sounds familiar as well. So, yeah, I think probably reasonably 83 wins, maybe 82, 83, 84. Like right now, Bet Online has their over under at 82 and a half. And I just, I hesitate. Like I want to pick the over. My fan heart is like, I want to pick the over, but my wallet's like, don't bet with your heart. You, you bet with your head. So I don't know what I want to do there. But I, I look at this and I'm like, yeah, maybe they could overperform and outperform their socks and all this other stuff. But a lot's got to happen and a lot can't go wrong with a lot going right. And it just feels like that's a hard thing to kind of lean on right now, other than, you know, a really solid IPA from downtown and a couple of conies in me. And I'm saying world series, baby. I think if I'm actually objective about it, I'm like, yeah, probably second or third. in this division is the yeah. ceiling. <clears throat> that's that's about where I think too. I I still, for what it's worth, I think I put the Reds above the Brewers. Same with the Cubs. Mm-hmm. I uh, nothing against the Brewers too, but I, I think the difference between the top four teams is basically nothing. Yeah. It's it's Nolan Arenado right now. That's really <laughs> the only difference. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, you look at this division. There, obviously, no one was trying to spend money this year besides apparently the Dodgers and Padres and the Mets. Um, yeah. which great for them and the White Sox. Got to give the credit to the other uh, Chicago team out here, but um. Yeah, it's going to be a tight race. It's going to be a dog a dog fight. What do you got? You what got was that to? What was that war uh thing? I think Ethan had it on our round table. It's something like like 70 war left the division mm. and we got like nine back or something. It was like a ridiculous yeah. number. <laughs> it was. Yeah. I think we, he said we lost something around like, yeah, it was close to like 70 war or something like that. I think I forget what he said. And, and yeah, it was a pretty much, you Darvish and Trevor Bauer left this division. We got Nolan Arenado back and that was, that was it. Everyone else. I mean, you lose Kyle Schwarber, you lose, you know, I think at Bryce Iglesias, you lose, I mean, to name a guy, every team basically lost the team. I mean, the Pirates lost Josh Bell, and that yeah. was pretty much the only guy they had. Um, so, I mean, like, yeah, the division took uh, collectively across the board, took a massive step back. You expect that with the Pirates. You didn't necessarily expect every other team to. And it's like hard to even call it a step back because they, they just like literally didn't do anything. 
Like all these teams just let their top ta- some of their top talent go, filled it in kind of, but not really. Like the Cubs got Jack Peterson back, and that was like a fun eighteen hours until the Cardinals uh, signed Arenado, and then it was like, oh, cool, this was fun. But yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that was like, oh my gosh, we're gonna sign money, and it didn't quite happen. But I don't know. I'm, I'm just looking across this division. I, I don't I don't see a whole lot of d- difference. There's gonna be plenty of parity, but there's not a lot of differences between these two these these top four teams really. With tournament time going on, I have like a cross-reference of the NL Central decided to make itself a one-bid league. Like, you're going to have to win the division to make the playoffs. Nobody is beating the Padres Mm -hmm. in a wild card. And I would seriously be, like, completely shocked if an NL Central team that didn't win the division were able to win a wild card away from one of the uh, Braves, Mets, or Nationals, whoever doesn't win the East. Right. So I, I think that it's it's a one bid league for the playoffs, and kind of just just looking at it, it's it's like oh man. But without going too deep, I mean we've we've been complaining right. about the NL Central for probably about a month now. Um, let, let's look at our two teams. So with the guys right. that have left, when 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 you look at the Cubs and they decided to get rid of you, Darvish, is Kyle Hendricks ready to step up as the bona fide ace of the staff, or is it going to be somebody else? Yeah, I think it's Kyle Hendricks. Um, he just smooth, even kill, not a guy that really worries. He's got the same face for everything. I think he was like, he. I mean, he was the opening day starter last year, and that was you know, obviously right. well-deserved. I think he earned that. Um, and he started out the year with a nine-inning complete game shutout. Uh, so he was just locked in from the get-go, which was awesome. And, and Kyle's always had that kind of demeanor. So I, I, I think he's... He doesn't get the respect of it by uh, by the majority of the league, but I think anyone I'm sure you've seen plenty of Kyle Hendricks starts at this point. Oh, yeah. uh, when that guy's on, he's a, he's pretty darn impressive. So I I'm very much in the camp that he's number one starter. I think Zach Davies is a great pitcher. My co-host Ryan Davis and I always joke around and say like if the Cubs could have traded for a Zach Davies without giving up you Darvish, uh, that would have been the perfect move for this offseason. Uh, you know, re-sign Schwarber, that's fine. You bring Zavies in, all of a sudden your rotation looks a lot better. Um, that didn't happen. They traded Darvish and Victor Carantini and sent $50 million for poor lottery tickets and Davies. And uh, I, um, I'm, I'm excited about the pieces they got back for Darvish, but those aren't going to pay off anytime too soon. But you, uh, you, you just don't... <laughs> You just never know with this Cubs team. It just there. There's always, you know, you, you count them out, and all of a sudden it's like, oh wait, uh, Javier Baez has the hottest month ever, and all of a sudden he's an MVP winner. And this in 2018, and the Cubs are back in the thick of it after looking like they were going to throw the division away to the Brewers. They're just such a weird, dramatic team like that. Sometimes they always kind of find ways to pull things out, um, in, in weird fashion at different moments. But I don't know. It's a, it's such a, it's such a strange approach to baseball right now because there's so many teams that just know and you would think like in a year where like a lot of a lot of teams are spending money like it wouldn't have taken a whole lot for the cubs or the reds or any team really to kind of just maybe spend a little more get some guys at a cheaper value and all of a sudden you're you're buying low or buying high at a low at a time where no one's really spending i mean it's like what the white Sox did the mets did obviously the padres traded for everyone this year there were teams that could have taken advantage of of, of this and it, you would think a team like the cubs in a major market would do that it just didn't happen so it's such a i don't know it's 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 so disappointing at times because you like I could see a team that that could have been much better than they feel that this year I I could see a team that that could have maybe found another way to add on like they they brought on Shelby Miller but like Corey Kluber was a guy I thought that would have been a perfect type of like fifth starter to throw in in Chicago see if he makes it work 
I thought that could have been something there. They've got young guys that they're hoping to come back into this rotation, but it felt like this was a year to maybe get a pitcher you, you probably would have had to spend a lot of money on. And not a ton of big names out there, but you know, throw your name in the hat, see what goes on. Instead, the Cubs were like, we'll trade our best pitcher and see what happens. So it's <laughs> it's tough to swallow, but yeah, no, it is what it is. <laughs> I'm with you, too. Whenever the Reds traded away Rice Iglesias, I'm like, okay, there goes the closer. And then they non-tender mm-hmm. Archie Bradley, and I'm like, okay. They're, right. They're one of the best to, setup men in baseball. Yeah. It's <laughs> like there goes the number one contender to replace him to be the closer. So, all right, we're, we're going to have a competition between Amir Garrett and Lucas Sims and maybe Michael Lorenzen. Well, but he kind of wants to pitch out of the rotation. All right, whatever. TJ Anto. Nah, he kind of wants to pitch out of the rotation too. All right, we're going to have way more starters than we have relievers. This is going to be a really <laughs> weird year. The Reds have been a hodgepodge ever since that trade, and it's it's really never felt like anything other than we're just cutting some payroll. We're just uh, mm-hmm. cutting some expenses and trying to get closer to the black or whatever. You know, I don't know. I'm not a finance person. I got a guy for that. Uh, so <laughs> I just I, I look at it and I'm a little frustrated. Maybe it's to to get ready for this season that hopefully we have some guys bounce back. And, and you had mentioned mm-hmm. and, and we talked about him a little bit. And Joey Votto, uh, he he kind of went through a deal where he had COVID. He at least he tested positive for it. And whenever mm-hmm. uh, he was asked in the interview when he returned, uh, you know, kind of what did he go through? He he didn't really want to get into all that. He said, you know, I, I, I don't – I respectfully decline to answer, things like that. And that's fine. That's, that's a him thing. You know, we don't have to get too much into the details. But I assume that means that he's going to be ready for opening day. He had – in 10 plate appearances, i.e. terribly small sample size to do anything with, but in 10 plate appearances, he'd been on base 50% of the time and been hitting over 300. So I like what he's done. He's continued the straight-up batting stance with a little bit more of an arc in his swing. He's not worried about that weird squat-down thing that he did a couple years ago Mm -hmm. trying to make the strike zone as big as the baseball itself, and I'm happy about that. I just – I really hope – that he is able to continue what he did after his like three day benching in August, because that's going to go a long way to pushing the reds toward their ceiling. Cause I'm expecting Gino to bounce back. I think Gino falls under the category of Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain with him coming back after opting out last year and guys like Chris Bryant and, uh, all the guys that you're like, can they bounce mm. back? Well, obviously they're gonna. These guys are super talented. They're not gonna not bounce back. Basically, is what I'm thinking. So he needs help. Gino needs help in that lineup, and Joey's gonna be the first person you look at for that. So whether right. or not he's able to continue that success with a straight up batting stance is going to be a huge factor for the Reds this year. Yeah, uh, Joey Votto, obviously, I mean, just a incredible hitter, even better first baseman, really great guy. I, I can't say enough nice things about that guy, but I, I hope he figures it out. I, I want to see him continue to work things out. And I honestly, I was so excited when the Reds went for it last year before, obviously, the pandemic ruined everything. Yeah. And they were, they were really going for it. I was like, man, Joey Votto is going to get a good team for once. Like, Final. this is going to be awesome. Because <laughs> it, like, it came so close with the Cueto and Edison Volquez era and whatnot. And, you know, with the Reds and the Pirates and the Cardinals were beating up on one another and stuff. And um, I was like, man, it would just be cool to see this Reds team finally, especially Joey Votto, to get, a, get, a, get the guy a ring or at least a postseason berth. Like, come on. 
But uh, I mean, he has had one, but still. Um. And, I, and I think that's why like people were giving him crap after the interview whenever they finally clinched. And he was telling reporters, he's just like, I think we're an effing nightmare when it comes to this playoffs. And like whenever they didn't score a run for 22 innings, people like gave him crap for saying that. But it's like, come on, this dude, the last time he was in the playoffs, he was a completely different personality. Mm-hmm. Like from all accounts – during like the 2010, 2012, 2013 teams that made the playoffs, he was kind of a kind of a shell, like not a shell. He was he was closed. He was closed up. Mm-hmm. A very introverted player. And now he's he's really changed a lot and become more of a vocal guy and a guy that you love to listen to when he talks about baseball. So Right. You, you very roof, smart guy. Yeah, you root for that. He's almost like a different different guy altogether. So you're really rooting for him to get into the playoffs and to taste that success. And he said it before. Like, he was asked the question over the offseason, you know, what do you think about Hall of Fame numbers and the counting stats? And, you know, some people say you're mm-hmm. close. Some people say you're there. What do you think about all that? And he's like, honestly, man, the only thing that I'm worried about is celebrating a championship with the Cincinnati Reds. Like, that's all I want to do. I, I don't care about individual acknowledgments. Like, if they invite me back for a Reds Hall of Fame thing later on and, you know, down the road or something, yeah, sure, I'll come back. But I really want to come back with a team that won a ring. And, and that's what he wants. And I, I just – I want that so much for him. Plus, there's so many – old hats that just love to hate on Joey Votto because he didn't play for the big red machine. And that just absolutely grinds my gears. But anyway, before we get into all that, let's talk about something else. <laughs> no, I, um, I, I agree. I, I, I think, uh, in the similar kind of token is as a Joey Votto, you look at a guy like, uh, like Chris Bryant yeah. in these last couple of years have, uh, have been tough for him and you're hoping that you can get something more out of him. It's obviously it, different scenario in the sense that he's included in like every other trade rumor recently, which just has to, I mean, he came out and said as much before he doesn't like it. It sucks. Um, but (laughs) maybe stop putting him in all these trade rumors, which yeah, that's fair. But, um, it, I, I think I, I look at this season and I kind of like, this is pretty much the penultimate season for the Chicago Cubs. I think as currently constructed, they're going to have to make some decisions regardless. And, uh, I think what it comes down to is this team going to be successful. And if Chris Bryant is going to come back, both sides have to help each other out. I think Chris Bryant has to be the guy that, that, that cat that becomes the catalyst to this offense and keeps things moving. Yeah. And I think the Cubs have to hope that if long as Chris Bryant is hitting good things happen for their baseball team. And that was the case from 2016 up until 2019 when he got hurt a little bit. But um, I, I think people make a bigger deal about 2018 and 2019 and even last year, more than it was it, more things came out. It sounds like he was dealing with a pretty serious wrist injury and finger fracture that he just tried to play through 60 games. That makes sense. So, I could see why that would make you know, be, be you know, basically not be able to hit the ball very hard if it hurts every time you're swinging. Um, that's a that's usually a rough time to play baseball at. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm optimistic that I that 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 Chris Bryant and these these Cubs can find some way to get an extension done. But at the very least, I, I'm I'm optimistic that I think Chris Bryant has a pretty big season this year, assuming he stays healthy. So I think that's really the big issue. If Chris Bryant doesn't hurt his shoulder, you know, foul a ball off his foot some freak accident at first base. The Cubs seem to be good at those things. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping for a big kind of resurgence for him. That's kind of the guy I'm looking at and saying, like, if he can turn things around, I think the Cubs, they got a good shot of maybe making something happen this year. 
I'm so. hoping he does well because as far as like a player story overall goes, he got jerked around before he got called up and then he got called up and then he got sent down and he was just, they treated him very poorly and now they're treating him real poorly mm. with all the trade rumors and stuff. It's like, dude, what did, who, whose Cheerios did Chris Bryant pee in or what? I don't right. know. Like give this guy a break. Well, it's like, how could you, and like, you could not have picked the nicest kid. Like, he, right. I think he might literally be the nicest man in the world. Like, he is just so. He doesn't give just, them crap for the fact that they no. gave him crap for years. And, and he like, has every for, right to. Right? Like, <laughs> he should hate the Cubs. Like, he should hate Chicago. And instead, he's like, yeah, I'll come back. Let's get an extension done. It's like, what? Yeah. What? Like, and, and if you're trading Chris Bryant, like, what do you want back? Probably you, Darvish, or Chris Bryant. Like, it's right. not like, I don't know. Like, if you trade Chris Bryan, the Cubs suddenly need a Chris Bryan and other things. Like, I don't know. It's just a, it's such a weird type of like situation. And there's a lot of Cubs fans that have just kind of, I think, settled into the idea that Rizzo or Chris Bryant might not be coming back. Javier Baez could be gone. Wilson Contreras is what have you. They, they might be gone here. But I, I look at it this way. It's like, what leverage do the Cubs have? All their yeah. players are saying they want to come back and play for them. Like Javier Baez is literally saying every day, my agent is trying to work out some extension. I want to play in Chicago for the rest of my life. It's like when your players are publicly telling the media, yeah, I'd like to play baseball for this team and you're still not paying them. It's like, what? It's like, <laughs> like what are, they, are they trying to offer them Bitcoin, but not give them the correct password? Like, what are they doing? Right. <laughs> it's like, what more do you need at this point? One last question before we uh, wrap up here, Jeff. I wanted to get your thoughts on who's uh, who's someone on this Reds team we should be keeping an eye on that, that people aren't maybe talking about as much. That's going to be an interesting thing because there's a couple of guys I'm looking at that are in the bounce back slash could really break out category. Basically, if you had a roster for the Reds and you threw a dart at it, you got a bounce back candidate wherever that dart lands. But the one guy that I'm looking at, a guy who – He's been like the promised player. And I've even come to the point where I'm like, I think this might be a make or break year for him. Not only a breakout year, but a make or break year period. And that's Nick Senzel because the Reds mm. signed Shogo Akiyama to a three year, $7 million deal. This is year number two for that deal. Now Shogo is on the shelf with a hamstring injury. He's probably going to be gone for at least the first month, maybe month and a half of the season. Mm. So Nixon Zell has unfettered availability and opportunity to prove that he is the guy that they can hinge their hopes on the guy that they called up and had all of this promise for Now, I stop short of saying that he's injury prone because he's had all these freak different injuries that none of them correlate in any way. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. get it at all. Like, it's like, dude, you're like the Tyler Eifert, you know, cross sport reference. Right. Like Tyler yeah. Eifert. <laughs> but, uh, which is not a good thing to be. But you don't um, want to be Tyler Eifert. Yeah. No, because you got all the talent in the world, <laughs> but you just can't get on the field. So, and there's always people that say availability is the best ability. So we'll see mm. what we get out of Nixon's though, because I feel like if he gives the Reds 140 games, which he has not done yet in his major league career, to no fault of his own for last year, but that's beside the point. If he gives the Reds <laughs> 140 games, I think the talent's going to be there and the production's going to be there. It's just, can he be on the field? And I think that's where he breaks out is he gives the Reds at least 140 games and he just lights the world on fire. And I've said this before. The Reds' best case scenario is that somehow 
They figure out how to get Nixon Zell and Shogo Akiyama in the lineup every day, and Nixon Zell takes over the number two hitter spot. That way they can put Jesse Winker where they want to put him, and they can mm-hmm. kind of move Joey Votto a little bit down the order to where he's more comfortable. He's not trying to press. He's not trying to smash 30 dingers or something like that. So I think that Nixon's Zell breaking out would be a huge thing for the Reds. Um, if I had to pick one guy for the Cubs who uh, I was looking at and saying they could really, really have a nice po- uh, breakout year. I, I want to say Ian Happ, but I think last year was really kind of more of a breakout season for him. He yeah. it, for certain, I think midway through the season, I think he was like the fifth best hitter of all baseball, according to war and some uh, OPS stats and things like that. So like that was, that was great to see he tapered off a little bit at the end, but I think we know what Ian Happ can do. The guy I'm looking at that, that I think could really make a big difference in this lineup is Nico Horner. Um, he's just uh, the second base is that is one of the few positions the Cubs have right now where they just don't have anyone clear cut you know, the favorite to win this position. Um, it seems like it's a battle between Nico Horner and David Bodie. Bodie's the veteran and probably fits better the utility role. They want Horner there at second base and they, they know defensively that's the best case scenario for like how the rest of their lineup and, and rotation bullpen, whatever it may be is constructed. It's all built off of knowing their strength for this team is defense and offense. Um, so Horner clearly the better the best defensive second baseman the cubs have on the roster right now and he's hitting like their best second baseman on the roster right now so if he can continue to stay hot that's a contact bat the cubs just don't have in the rest of their lineup a guy that really can put the ball in play keep the ball moving as joe Baden would say you know continue to move guys across bases it's something the cubs are really good at doing at certain points but having a guy who's consistently staying in bats hitting for contact being pesky they just don't have a lot of those guys. So getting Nico Horner, and even at the bottom of your lineup, I think kind of helps balance the rest of this. So even if he isn't batting 300, like a 280 season from Nico Horner where he's scoring 90 runs and playing solid defense, that's really what the Cubs needed. So I, I'm I'm hoping for some positive uh, steps forward for a guy like Nico Horner in 2021. You mentioned J.A. Hat or J.A. Hat. You mentioned Ian Happ, so I had to take a look because I know every time he plays the Reds, he just kills him. And the, there's a theory, <laughs> there's a theory uh, going around Great American Ballpark that it has something to do with Clifton. Like he's back close to his alma mater, mm. so he gets some sort of power. And he's got a 1,045 OPS in 186 plate appearances against the Reds. That's ridiculous like every time he plays us he turns into superman got five 15 home runs not five 15 home runs and 33 rbis and it's not like he's been in the league for very long he just absolutely no. murders the reds he does i um him and uh chris bryant's another guy too that always seems to hit well at great american ballpark those two guys they uh they always like him when they can go to cincinnati for some ball games but jeff man um I'm hoping this season isn't too hard on us, but I'm nervous, man. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm very nervous. <laughs> we might be getting together at the end of the season and cracking open something a little bit different than a beer if uh, it goes yeah. wrong. But, uh, man, it's going to be interesting. I know that the Reds and the Cubs play, obviously they play plenty of times, but they play July 4th weekend. And I've heard, I, I don't have Ooh. any sort of concrete knowledge or sources on this, but there's rumors going around town that, if everything keeps going according to plan with COVID and the recovery and the vaccines and all this other stuff, there could be a sort of opening day type blowout 
whenever the Cubs come to town July 4th. So that could be interesting. I, I, again, mm. there's nothing concrete about that. But all I know is you can kind of connect some dots in the areas like the Finley Market Opening Day Parade has been postponed. It hasn't been canceled for uh. 2021. And then you've got other stuff like, I mean, things are starting to open up. So who knows? Maybe July 4th could be very interesting because I know that the Cubs travel very well to Great Americans. So uh, it'll be uh, be interesting to see if that happens. Yeah, if uh, if things do work out that way, I might have to find myself up there in Cincinnati to try the uh, delicious ballpark food at Great American. Yes. Uh, I've heard so many good things from you, sir. I need to I need to get in there and try it. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take you to Frybox, and we will get us a s'mores fry. Oh, although I can't vouch for it yet because I haven't had it, but we can get one of the other fry boxes that I know for a fact is amazing. <laughs> I mean, I will take any recommendations. Anything fried and delicious, that sounds great to me. But Jeff, it's always awesome when we get to talk, man. I uh, we'll have to do this again more. Hopefully, uh, maybe after the Reds and Cubs face off with each other, we can get on the mics and uh, complain about our teams for a little bit more. But <laughs> down with that, Sean. Always good, man. Thanks for talking. All right, that will do it here for today's episode of Lockdown Cubs. We appreciate you guys sticking around. Thanks to Jeff Carr for making the time for uh, these division episodes. I know it's been kind of crazy these last couple weeks. We've been trying to get all this squared away with all the other hosts after we did a big crossover episode ourselves. But it's been fun to uh, kind of have these one-off episodes with each host and get to know some of the newer guys, get a chance to talk with a buddy like Jeff. It's always nice. But make sure you follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Carr with two, three Fs and two Rs. Um, and you can follow Lockdown Reds on Twitter at Lockdown Reds. Make sure you're checking out Jeff Carr for all things Cincinnati Reds. He knows plenty about the Reds and IPAs. Great, some great recommendations off there for some beer. So, uh, But with that, that's today's show. We appreciate you guys sticking around. It's always fun when we get a chance to chat with some of our other division hosts and get an idea of what to expect from some division rivals, especially when we're going to see these guys 19 times this year. But before we wrap up, today is the day Lockdown MLB Podcast begins its division preview series. It's all on the Lockdown MLB Podcast feed right now. Every episode from now until the 31st features in-depth looks at each team in every division. Follow Lockdown MLB on radioapp.com or wherever you can get podcasts. Uh, today, I believe, is a feature on the AL East. So Orioles, Red Sox, Yankees, Tampa Bay Rays, and who's the team I'm forgetting? The Boston Red Sox? Blue Jays, the Toronto Blue Jays. Jeez. Uh, so those five teams, uh, all the previews should be up on the Lockdown MLB uh, feed itself. But if you guys are looking for mine, mine should go up later this week. But we should have some coming out roughly every day from now until uh, March 31st. So keep an eye out for more MLB division previews as the uh, rest of March pans out. But that is our show today. Thanks for sticking around. Hopefully you guys can enjoy some of the nicer weather we've had here in Chicago. But Take some time to watch some Cubby Baseball if you are one of the lucky few that does have Marquee Network. I did notice they are sponsoring our podcast, which is interesting um, because I've been very vocal about them not being included on my cable provider. So things to things to discuss. But <laughs> you guys enjoy the rest of your day. And as always, go Cubs. <laughs>